This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 7.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. Up next, amendments to the Aboriginal Peoples Act 1954 and how it aims to help the community. So, Jaqua, that's the Department of Orang Asli Development, is expected to begin a study on amendments to this Act uh, this year. And uh, the aim is to provide, as you uh, somewhat said, better protection, right, for the community. And it's expected to be completed in 2025. Now, Rural Development Minister Datuk Sri Matze Khalid said that the study was important to ensure that the Act adequately addresses current issues, pointing out, in fact, that it hadn't been amended since its inception, which, by the way, um, was in 1974, and merely to ta- change the title of uh, Commissioner to Director General, which somewhat says it all, Mm, I think. I feel like there are other issues that need to be looked at. Which was something that came up actually in 2019 when uh, Pusat Komas and the Bar Council Committee on Orang Asli Rights held a roundtable discussion on the Act um, and it found that a lot of provisions actually conferred extraordinary extraordinary governmental power to control most material aspects of Orang Asli lives for the sake of their protection, including land transactions, uh, regulations affecting the community, determining whether a person is or isn't, in fact, an Orang Asli, things like that, um, along with a whole host of other, frankly, oppressive feeling mm-hmm. um, you know, provisions. Uh, if, uh, you know, there, there are a number of things you can actually look up the Act and, and look at why uh, there's such an urgent need for this Act to be amended. And the calls for change um, essentially talk about a number of things, right? Um, autonomy when it comes to Orang Asli matters, um, as well as um, consultation when it comes to this with people from the community. So we're going to unpack what all this means. Do keep sending your thoughts through. What needs to be done to further protect and empower Orang Asli in Malaysia. You can call us, WhatsApp us, tweet us. And now joining us is Dr. Yogeswaran Subramaniam, advocate and solicitor, as well as a researcher in Orang Asli land rights. Yogesh, thanks for speaking with us today. Um, what do you think about this development that the Act is going to be studied for amendments? Uh, this development, from what, I, from what I've experienced in my research uh, with the Orang Asli and also my work with the Orang Asli, is not a new development. There have been plenty of studies to try and amend the uh, existing Aboriginal Peoples Act, but uh, none have really come to fruition. Amendments to the Act are needed, but uh, we are unsure at this stage what the content of these amendments are. So um, until I actually know what it is that they're seeking to amend, because the article wasn't too clear on what what exactly the amendments were, I would not view this as either positive or negative. So as you've said, there have been attempts to review the Act, but nothing has been amended, save for a small revision in 1974. Why do you think this is so? The Aboriginal Peoples Act was uh, passed during the Malayan emergency in 1954. And because the Orang Asli were under... Uh, the threat of of communist influence at that time, living in the interior, the government conferred upon itself extensive powers over the Orang Asli. So these powers are very extensive and control every aspect of Orang Asli life and also every aspect of their 
customary lens. So the fact that there's no amend, been no amendment so far suggests that there is no political will on the part of the government to relinquish the legal stranglehold it has over the Orang Asli. So this study on the Act is expected to be completed in 2025. What do you make of that time frame and what do you hope to see it cover? Um, there have been many studies on the Orang Asli and the need to, in fact, specifically on the need to reform the Aboriginal People's Act. And it is surprising that the government is not aware of these, these studies, as many public universities have also conducted such, such studies and highlighted the issues contained in the Orang Asli Act or the Aboriginal Peoples Act. So the time frame, to my mind, is very, very uh, surprising. And it is hoped on my part that this study takes into account all the previous studies done on the Orang Asli and takes into account the various memorandums sent in by the Orang Asli themselves on what they want to see amended in the Aboriginal Peoples Act. And how much consultation do you hope or expect to see happening with the Orang Asli community? Well, hopefully the, the government changes, ch- changes its approach on consulting uh, with the Orang Asli towards a more consultative process. And this is not, not only requested by the Orang Asli, but this is contained in international human rights standards as well. So there are act- there's actually a lot of guidance on how to uh, consult effectively with the Orang Asli. So, so the playing field as such is leveled between the Orang Asli and the government so that the end result is an outcome that is both beneficial for the Orang Asli and the government. The, the approach advocated by, the international, by international human rights standards is that of free prior and informed consent when consulting with the Orang Asli and also effective consultation that takes into account the views of Orang Asli based on their particular circumstances. For example, that the Orang Asli are a decentralized community. So consultation must take part at a local level and not with, say, selected individuals who are seen as community leaders. So that would be an example of how one can go about consulting effectively with the Orang Asli. Language would be another factor, for example. Would the information given to the Orang Asli be sufficient for them to make an informed decision about the particular amendment or proposed policy for the Orang Asli? And the final challenge, of course, is whether the consent of the Orang Asli is actually obtained after effectively consulting with the Orang Asli. Now, these are all very big questions which we hope the government will address and it, can, it, and it can only do so by changing its approach to a more consul, approach to a more consultative one. So Rural Development Minister Dato Sri Matze Khaled said that this study is needed to ensure that there are appropriate sections within the Act to address current issues. What kind of issues do you think he's referring to? I am uncertain what he's referring to or the government is referring to when they talk about issues faced by Orang Asli because the government view is more focused on socioeconomic development 
but from a orang asli point of view they face various various challenges in their everyday lives and they are not limited to uh, economic issues they face challenges for example to their identity and why i say identity is because their identity is linked to their culture which is linked to their land to their customary lands now this is under threat to them so their very identity is actually under threat their culture is under threat their their lives their, their lives their way of life is also under threat so there are serious issues that need to be addressed by amending the act and the current issues i believe and what the orang asli have you know have been advocating for is self determination over their lives and lands so what they want to see is an act that empowers them by way of self determination so they can determine their own priorities in accordance with their uh, their particular customs and their particular wants and needs can you expand on that are there specific examples of provisions that would enable self determination okay for example i talked about identity right section 3 uh, subsection 3 of the uh, Abri- current aboriginal peoples act empowers the minister uh, having charge of orang asli affairs in this case the ministry minister for rural and regional development to determine whether a particular person is an orang asli or not an orang asli now that is a denial of the basic identity of a person if an orang asli self if a person ident self identifies as an orang asli surely the minister cannot have a, the power to override the person's decision particularly if the the local orang asli community accept him as a member right that's what that's one example another example is another relic from the malayan emergency uh, where the director general of the orang asli department has the power to actually exclude persons from entering uh, into an aboriginal inhabited place if he finds the person undesirable now surely the community must be the person who decides who can come in or not come in to their particular community or who who they mix with so there are provisions that are that are quite uh, they actually you know have the outcome of giving the government a stranglehold over the orang asli so in addition to matters relating to identity and culture what other big issues would you like to see being addressed in addition to identity there are two other big big issues uh, that is the issue of headmanship the headman the power to appoint or remove uh, a headman is vested with the government under the current act again why is this power not vested with the particular local community so that is quite oppressive additionally when we talk about the important issue of land uh, aboriginal reserves and aboriginal areas can be degazetted at any one time by the state authority without statutory or statutory recourse for the orang asli so they can they can basically lose their lands by the stroke of an executive pen 
in addition to in addition to 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 being dispossessed compensation is not even mandatory whereas all all of us when our land or you know uh, we are deprived of our property we are protected under article 13 of the constitution why can't orang asli have the same statutory protection in respect of their traditional land why do they need to go to the courts and actually invoke the common law in order to get compensation or to uh, or to get their lands back why hasn't legislation all this while protected the orang asli from being dispossessed of their land beyond the act are there other changes on a policy level that can empower the orang asli community yeah i'll go back to the the basic premise which is self determination I'd like to see the the government and all all, all us Malaysians respect orang asli and orang asli power of self determination for them to determine their own priorities. I would like to see the administration, so so to speak, the administration of orang asli to be bottom up, right from the local community rather than top down. That's the approach. which which i'd like to see empowering the orang asli through recognizing their right to self determination uh, in respect of their land culture and identity yogis do you have any final message you'd like to share with us final thoughts are that having been working with orang asli for 15 years now i've not seen any legislative or policy initiative to empower the orang asli it seems that the government does not have the political will to change its approach and what i've seen of all the memorandums presented to the by the orang asli to the government and, and the complaints i've heard you know in my in my time with the bar council as a chair of the uh, committee for orang asli rights is the lack of empowerment now that needs to change and without that approach changing we are going to we might see an amendment that merely tweaks what is already in exi- what what is in existence and may not actually help the orang asli Yogis, thanks for speaking with us. That was Dr. Yogeswaran Subramaniam, advocate and solicitor, as well as a researcher in Orang Asli land rights, speaking to us about a study that aims to propose amendments to the Aboriginal Peoples Act of 1954. Let us know what needs to be done to further protect and empower Orang Asli in Malaysia. You can call us, WhatsApp us, tweet us. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, bfm89.9, the business station.